Hello and welcome back to the Unqualified Huddle. We are here to talk about the NFL. Hey! Um, me, Shamo Channel, we watched the divisional round. We've got all that content for you to listen up to. Uh, give you our opinions, our facts, our figures. And let's just get straight in. I normally ask you guys how you're doing, but I don't really care. I just want to get in, get out, you know. <laughs> professional job here. Um, <laughs> We're ready with... to deliver the goods. Well, I'm just let's start with last night's game, the game that we, we stayed up till half time for. Like, I've got up for the rest of it today. Uh, I'm sure you two have. But the, the Bills versus the Chiefs in what seems like their annual playoff game. Um, the, the one thing for me, right, there's, there's a lot we could talk about this game. There's a lot that could be said. The one thing for me, though, is Tony Romo needs to crawl out of Josh Allen. Yes, we'll behind. keep it clean. Yeah, good job, good job. <laughs> like... <laughs> the whole the whole like first half that we were listening to commentary thankfully i only watched the highlights of the second half so like i didn't have to hear it so much but he was just gushing over josh allen too much it was too hard and i, mean, I just didn't like it I, I think we were all, all fans of tony romo in in his debut year he took the uh, commentator in world by storm but you know i, I feel like i i know what i was going to say before i was going to say it. i feel like I'm doing his job when he was calling, predicting plays. Now I'm predicting <laughs> his commentary. I feel the first year he there was much better analysis. I don't think I'm learning the game more, other than the fact that I know he loves Josh Allen, yeah. um, and he loves the quarterback, and the quarterback can never make a mistake. Like, it's Quarterback's never, quarterback quarterback's never, never wrong. Quarterback's never doing anything wrong. It's kind of like the unfortunately the Chris Collinsworth effect for me. Like I love Chris Collinsworth a lot more. Don't get me wrong. Sorry, Tony, but. Everyone's a great player until his own company, PFF, comes out with the grades, and half of them weren't as good as he said he was on the te- on the on the film. Well, the, the thing that got me, and the thing that really stood out to me, one of the points. I mean, there's lots of points you can say about it, but it's when um, Mahomes overthrew Kelsey in the end zone. It was a corner route by Kelsey to the to the back pylon, and um, it was it was just a simple overthrow by Mahomes, and like everyone could see, he overthrew Kelsey. Kelsey couldn't come down with it because of it. Tony Romo's like, oh, there must have been some miscommunication. Oh, so it's something's not right with the between like Kelsey and the quarterback. Like it, nothing there was on Kelsey. That was just a bad throw by Mahomes. Just admit the fact that a quarterback can make a bad throw. Like, come on, we don't need it. We don't need it. On on the mention of PFF as well, I am I I'm not a huge fan of having PFF plastered all over official NFL. Um, the, uh, of the official NFL product because it kind of makes it seem like it's fact when yes they have great analytics and all that good stuff but you know there's more t- more to it than than just the numbers. Yeah, and l- I would say we talk more about the game. We can give PFF Antonio Romo more game time or voice time. But hey, P- PFF, if you're listening, we're still open to clubs. You know, nah, I, yeah, I'm happily not. collaborate. I'm not. I'm not. I'm cut me out, cut me out. But no, the the uh, the Bills game. Um, we we talked about all season that the Bills need to get like a more consistent running game going. Like they need to take advantage of that. This game, they feel like they didn't. Josh Allen stuff. heard you. Jo- well, Josh Allen heard you. No, oh no, don't 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 disrespect it like that. You know, they feel like they did in the first half. They used they tried to use James Cook a bit more. They used Ty Johnson. Um, they used uh, Stefan Diggs as a running back for a couple of plays. And I feel like that really worked for them. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the same thing that happens every every week if you're a Bills fan, which is when the ball gets down to the five-yard line, 
you know Josh Allen's gonna just gonna run it into the end zone himself. <laughs> like, we know it, a few people who get frustrated with that. Uh, mutual friends, you could say. Um, but I don't know. When I watched the game, it was a, it was a great game. Don't get me wrong. It was two good teams going at it. Did I feel sure. any of the t- like quarterbacks were like trying to carry the game? No, I thought they were trying to just be smart for the most part. Take what everything no, you know. Take the given. I I disagree. I I thought Josh Allen was trying to carry the game a bit too much. Yeah, I agree. I'm not that. talking about his legs. Like he carried the game with his no, legs. But, no, but Josh Allen does this in every game that he's in. Josh Allen is very much like the game revolves around him, and he won't. It was not about his players, which it's you know at, at the end of the day, he's a franchise quarterback. Like you sort of want him to put some responsibility on himself. If it mm-hmm. was Brady back in the day. No one would be like complaining about it. People, no, but saying, I feel like Brady's team. It was more of an operation. This is what we're going to do, and we're going to do it. There are a it couple was... of plays late in the game where Josh Allen had some checkdowns to keep the drive going, but he just got into, you know, it, he he it, gets blinkered. He gets yeah, blinkered. and he he's, he gets in these streaks, which I mean, um, um, where it sounds like we hate these quarterbacks. They're <laughs> obviously two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but when the margins are this close between these great teams. He should have taken some of these checkdowns. Well, that, that's I mean, it came about. to that. Sorry. No, go on, go on. It came to like the Khalil Shakur career throw where Chris Jones is on into pressure. If he just avoided it a little, it would probably be a touchdown. It, the field goal miss, obviously, of Tyler Bass. These are like Josh Allen has yet to clear the Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes hurdle in the AFC, and he's gone after to do it. Is he just another Jim Kelly for the Bills, where they're always in the finals but never winning? Because it's always going to come down to one play, whether it's defense or offense, and they're to do it. And I feel mentally, it's wearing on the Bills. Well, I think it should be. I feel like the problem is as well that the Bills had sort of a window of opportunity where, for me, they had a really good roster that could have made a Super Bowl. And that was like a couple of years back. Now, they've still got some of those pieces, but they're all getting older. Like the playmakers, especially in the secondary, like Michael Hyde's getting older, uh, is getting older. Um, to, is it Tredavious White, who's their cornerback? He's getting older. De- like defensive line. I mean, you know, you look at linebacker as well. They 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 pulled out AJ Klein from the street somewhere to get him to play linebacker for them yesterday. Like it's that was concerning enough. But also, like you know, they they do need to have some sort of change. Like there there needs to be some sort of roster amendment. They need to do something to try and I I don't know. Get me more excited about their roster. But I could, I could see Diggs leaving as well, which would be a bad big loss. I could see Diggs leaving after this after this loss. I could see Diggs. He had three catches on eight targets, and there weren't very like there was a lot of throws by Josh Allen, which were thrown behind or on the line of scrimmage. A lot of screen passes by him in that game. Uh, I think it was double digits that were thrown behind the line, or I, roughly around that. I don't like the I don't like the play calling. I'm not going to lie. There was too many screen plays for me. There was too many like calls like that where it was like, we're going to let our receiver try and do more, like try and get extra yards. And it's sort of like, you could do a lot more, especially with a play like Stefan Diggs. You could use, he can get open in space. He could be, and that's how they used to use him before. Like that's how, when he first came to Buffalo, that's how they got the most out of him was by letting him go downfield and, and make those catches, which he's still capable of. Well, hitting him in like those intermediate ranges. And well, if I'm why not, not sorry. I completely agree with the with the saying players not plays. You saw Kelsey step up in big moments for Kansas City, um, Pacheco as well, and Rishi Rice, who is their go-to receiver. 
Um, but with the Bills, it is the Josh Allen show. You, They do use James Cook much more now, which we do love to see. But come on, just script some downfield plays for Diggs. Yes, I know he had one big drop. But still, you need to go go back to him on. And yes, the targets were there, but they weren't great targets. So no. you mentioned the window. I want to quickly say you're on the right track there uh, because Josh Allen's salary cap for next year. Well, this 2024 is $47 million. Throughout right. his NFL career, it's always been under 20. Von Miller, who was the healthiest crash a couple of times this year, 23.8 million. And Stefan Diggs carrying a huge 27.9 million dollar cap hit, roughly. Like I don't imagine those two being there next year. And no. Josh Allen's gonna now they're gonna have to get creative with their cap because they're in uh they're in a lot of problems because there's a lot of free agents as well. Their safeties are free agents. I think that window is is past them in that I've, sense. I've, this I've... team. I think the window's closed, and that's partly due to the Miami Dolphins starting on the ascension and looking starting to look really good. I think that's gone, that's so hard for them. Retool, but Kansas City had their best game of the season. I and thought. Yes. I, I I don't know if it was their best game. I feel like from it a was clean a, point of view. I feel like yeah, I, but they still made mistakes. McCall yes. Holden uh, fumbling at the end zone. They still and missed catches. It was Kansas City overthinking their play calling. Pacheco's running great, and you're like, you know what? No, we want to we want to run Michael Hardman here. This is they they they're all they are prone to these types of plays. What gets me as well is um, when I was watching it, I I didn't feel like Mahomes was comfortable making like more than two reads, and I don't know if that's something to do with the pressure, the offensive line not holding up very well. But he seems to be like two reads and then a scramble. Like he used to, it seems to be looks at his first target, looks at his second, and then he's off. He's not going to yep. hang around. But I felt like he's generally doing that, but he's more scrambled in the pocket. Mm. This was maybe slightly different, but that hasn't. It's the first time it's playing away from home in the playoffs. But yeah, maybe the nerves got to him. I, I, I think, I think it can be partly attributed to maybe lack of confidence in his weapons. Well, let's let's move on anyway. That was um that was the that game. The other game that was played yesterday. We'll start with those two because they're they're the freshest ones in the mind, I guess. Um, but Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost to the Detroit Lions. In for me, one of the better games of the weekend. Out of, out of the games that I've played, I thought this was the most exciting, probably the most exciting game for me. And I think it's maybe because of that that uh, Baker Mayfield magic that we were talking about. Like, is he going to come back? But I, again, I, I had some issues with offensive play calling in this game, um, mainly on the box side. I think the Lions played the game pretty well, but the Bucks, like, I know they did start hitting uh, Mike Evans a little bit more. But I mean, come on, you played. I agree. You're playing the Lions, not even just Mike Evans though, you're playing the Lions and you know that their real big weakness is their corners cannot cover. Like, they, they just can't cover. So, not just Mike Evans, but you've got an absolute, like, gluttony of receivers that you can, like, go to. Chris Godwin, the the rookie Palmer. Um, I, 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 I thought you were going to do CJ Gardner-Johnson mentioned. Russell Gage in there. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've, I've done my research on that. I know he's not played this season. No snap. My, my no issue snap. with it was, wasn't was half offenses. I think it was situational O-line protection. The amount of times oh, Baker Mayfield got sacked by three rushers, Aiden Hutchinson, there was a couple of other players. And they were the first three sacks they allowed were all three rushers. And then defensively, they did not adjust. The Lions were beating them inside. They weren't beating them outside. It was inside. Yeah. Um, and they were just allowing them. You've got two of the best linebackers 
or one's injured, but you have good linebackers, you have good safeties. But you the, can target that area to defend that area, and they didn't adjust. But going back to what you're saying though about the offense, like and um, not making adjustments on line and stuff. The one play that I thought I saw and I thought that was a really nice play was the screen pass touchdown to Rashid Rice, not Rashid Rice, sorry, Rashad uh, White. White. Um, it was it was like a well drawn up play. They got the blocks because the Lions overcommitted with the blitz. And it's like, well, the whole day the Lions were overcommitting with the Blitz. They were sending the house probably about one in three times. They sent like seven rushes or six to seven rushes. So it's kind of like, well, take advantage of that. Use more screen plays. And they just didn't. The, the plays weren't there. They weren't, they weren't trying to do that. Instead, they just let their quarterback stand there and get hit. They let their running back get hit five yards behind the line of scrimmage. And, and it, but even after all that, there was still only one possession game there. Yeah, I mean the Lions, the Lions nearly fumbled it for me. The Lions nearly fumbled it themselves for me because as much as we want to praise them and as much as we want to give them their flowers, because you know they're in a NFC Championship game, it's been the first time for a while, and everyone wants to give Jared Goff flowers. Everyone wants to give like all Dan Campbell flowers. Yeah, and Ben Johnson. The, the offense had bad moments for me. There was periods in that game where the offense, which should have taken over and should be able to like rock and roll, just spluttered. Like they just couldn't. We've get said that about that. the Lions for maybe the last eight weeks, though. Like, uh, like even and the last year, early this year, that Lions offense was rolling. I don't mm. think it's rolling. Is they're just squeaking out wins? Great, they're doing it because that's added another element to them. But Baker Mayfield was playing better football, I thought generally. Um, I, I didn't think Baker Mayfield was the issue. Um, but that, like, there were so many situational things where Tampa was shooting themselves. Well, and uh, I thought Detroit, they just stayed ahead every time. They, the when thing, they needed it, they got something. The thing that got me, though, is that Detroit, they they broke away. Like, they, they were doing things where, like, Gibbs, they, they never played a hot hand for me. Gibbs was the hot hand in this game, right? Every time Gibbs touched the ball, a bit of magic happened. And we talked about this. Every like, time. Well, we talked about this, though. We said, like, I, I was very much for, because we were talking about why they even use Montgomery anymore. I was like, well, no, you need to you need to use multiple because you don't want Gibbs to be banged up. You don't want him to, like, overtire himself, all of that. But it came to a point where it's like, well, actually, you know, you are in a bit of a shootout game. Start using your star players. Like, start giving him the ball. They, they have no problem keep throwing the ball to Amon Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta. Gibbs is by far your best running back. Let him shine. Yeah. And and you saw what happened when he, he broke his, his run. He he beat the safety in the open field, which wasn't even a fair fight because Gibbs <laughs> is is the most explosive player on the Lions team. He it, it just is. And it's just sort of like, you know, and I feel like Johnson's got to take some flack for this. It's sort of like, and Campbell. Because as much as we want to give them praise, which we do, like, you know, the Lions have done it, done something they've not done in a long while. But it's sort of like, you, you know, let's be real here. You're about to go and play the San Francisco 49ers. You're not going to get away with the mistakes and the, the errors that you've made in a game against the Buccaneers. The, the 49ers will punish you for all of that. Like a far better team across the whole board. I think the NFC so far in the playoffs, the teams we thought would live up really high, they've all struggled. There's no, there's not been a domination by any team. It's all. I think Detroit hasn't lost this. I don't think because I don't think San Fran have played to their level. 
And I think uh, San Fran will feel maybe the same way about Detroit. I mean, no, I, I would disagree. San Francisco have dominated the whole year. The Packers game, yes, Green Bay arguably should have won that. But the 49ers have been the best team in the NFL this year. Well, let, let's move on to it. The, the, we talk about the, the Packers should have won it. There's a lot of like uh, issues with it. But no, going on what you were saying, across the year for the NFC, the, the 49ers were by far the best team. The times that they got losses were times where they were banged up and hurt. Like, that was their real big issue. They, they'd lost um, Debo Samuel, which realistically, let's be honest, Debo Samuel is a massive cog in that offense. As much as people might not want to admit it or might not want to agree with it, he is a big cog. And that's, it showed in this game. When he went off hurt, um, their offense struggled. They struggled to keep the momentum going. And that's where Purdy struggles as well. Like I feel like there's a lot of um, talk about Purdy not being as good. Like Purdy is one of the most de- decisive figures right now because you either think he's really good or you think he's <laughs> terrible. Like there's no middle ground. There's no one just saying, "Oh, Purdy's all right." It's either he's really I, good. I or think terrible. Purdy's all right. I don't think he's really but bad. I, I, think he's really I, I find it hard to take anyone seriously who claims that Purdy's elite. Or his, his <laughs> you saw some of these comparisons, and I'm like, did, "Yes, you can look at the numbers, but did you actually watch the game?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and it's also like, you know, it's interesting to talk about like yak yards and stuff like that because, you know, yes, Purdy's one of the top passers this year, but also h- how much actual airtime are we talking about and how much of it is it that you throw the ball to Christian McCaffrey on a screenplay and he runs it 75 yards for a touchdown or throw the ball to Debo and he gets, you know, 30, 40 yards yak after the catch. Or, like, in, or in this game, it was Juwan Jennings who was, who was stepping up big time. But they're, they're an offense that are a team that throw on timing. It's a landmine. The ball needs to be there at this time of the read. And the player should be there. The receiver should end up being there. It's a very much timing offense. So Brock Purdy doesn't have to look into too much. You have to read the coverages, obviously. But it's all based on timing. It's not having to make, okay, third read, fourth read. Well, no, it's, it's all pre-snap as well. Like That's the thing. Yeah, it's that's all what... pre-snap. That's the thing. And, and this was one of the big pluses. And that's Purdy. his strength. That's his yeah, strength, right? Well, that was one of the big pluses of Purdy coming out of college, was that he was really intelligent. That intelligence test that they took in the draft class, he had the best intelligence. Yeah, yeah I'm not believing that. I'm that scrapping test that test. We'll never bring it up again. After CJ Stroud, there's no point. They might as well scrap the test. I don't believe in this test. Just watch the film. He was smart in college as well. Yeah, but, but this is this is the thing. The offense is a lot of pre-snap reads. It's a lot of making decisions before you like let the ball like even let the ball come to you. So then it's like like you say, it's about timing. He knows what receiver is going to be where at what time, and he just throws the ball to the right receiver due to the coverages. Hey, like it's not hard. We're giving all this time to Purdy, but I want to talk about. Uh, the the next superstar, the next Mahomes in the of the NFL, Jordan Love. He was insane. Uh, aside from the uh, ridiculous pick right at the end, that Jordan Love looks like he's going to so, be in the elite tier. But I, I have a problem with this though because I then I, I have a problem with you because the, the the reason is I, don't get me wrong. I, I still uh, like Love a lot. Like I, I think he's a He's a good player. He's going to be a good quarterback in the league. But I think he's going to be very prone to these types of mistakes throughout his time in the league. Like, I think this is this is going to be who he is, where when the game is on the line, like, and I, like so the, you know, one of the guys we always come back to, because he's obviously the GOAT, is Brady, right? When the game is on the line, Brady was one of the best people to have on your team. Because what Brady would do 
is Brady wouldn't force stuff. He would take what was there. He would he would see what's around him. He you know he'd be smart with the ball. And I feel like Love isn't. I feel like and maybe he'll learn and maybe he'll get better at it. But we saw this at the start of the year from him, and it went away when the Packers were doing well. But when they're in these situations where it's like you know they need to score to win. You see it again, where he's throwing like Hail Mary passes, where it's sort of like he could take less of a, he could, you know, look for a shorter pass and maybe not get as many yards, but getting a little bit closer, you know, use more time. I don't know. It's just, there's there's passes like like the the, the interception at the end of the game was was a perfect example of that, where he, he just, it was a bad choice of a throw, just throw it away at that point. Like, yeah, I I, I think it was first down. They still had timeouts to spare. Uh, they still had clock enough clock, um, and yeah, it, it seemed like he just panicked. But, then, but the Green Bay can take a lot of positives from the season. But not, yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a letdown. Who thought the Green Bay Packers would be in the divisional rounds of the playoffs at this point in the season? Mm. No one. You you said this in August. The the Green Bay Packers are in the divisional round. Literally, no one is like agreeing with you on that. No one would have said I that. Mean, but I think the improvement Love has shown just one year i don't think i can put a limit on where he'll be at like you're saying this is what you expect him from going for i don't know if i see that yet i think he's shown me more talent than i was ever expecting so maybe telling me shocked i was fully expecting this like he he was a first round pick at the end of the day like you know he was a very raw player who we never saw really for three years but then he he, he's learnt behind one of the best to ever do it he sat behind Pop, him. Yeah, I mean, his coach. His coach. That That's who he's learned behind. The guy he taught Aaron Rodgers. You can see that the same coach has taught him, I feel, how to read pressures and so on. But I think they they look so alike. One one thing that's hurt a few teams this, uh, at this playoff run, um, and throughout the season, actually, it's been kicking. And it, it came to the forefront in this game as well, because I think, was it uh, Carlson, the rookie kicker for the Packers? And there's Carlson. Yeah, he missed um, he missed the field goal, I think. Um, yep, yeah, near, 40, near the 40, end of the game. 41 yard, which would have put them put them back in contention, uh, giving them a 24-17 lead. Um, and it's like, not only that, it was the same in the Bills game. Obviously, their kicker missed the, the field goal to tie the game up. Uh, and you see it across the the whole board. Kicking has been it's harder in the NFL for some reason. Like I, I actually feel like I feel like that in part kicking has become harder. But I think it's in part because there's more athletes on special teams now, which are putting more pressure on the kickers. I watched the Bills in the Bills game. Every time I don't know who the Bills kicker is, so apologies for not knowing his name. Tyler Bass. Thank you. Come on. Every One of time the best kickers in the last few years. Yeah, so every time the, one of the best kickers whose name I don't remember, Tyler Bass, uh, kicked the ball, like the the Chiefs player was basically like maybe a quarter of a second behind getting a hand on it. Like he was so close every time coming off the edge. And I was like, this is insane. Why is no one thinking to try and put a, a bigger block on this guy? Like why are they letting him get that close to it? But it's like that's what you sort of have to do. And then the pressure for the kickers is so much more. And I think part of the pressure as well is heightened because coaches are, and teams are so much more, um, they, they find it so easier to replace kickers now than wow. they, they used to. You look at Mason Crosby. Is it Mason Crosby? Uh, for Green Bay, the kicker. Um, they stuck with him for years. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, despite some few few bad years. And now, most kickers they're disposable. Well, yeah. you miss a couple of kicks, that's it. You're you're out of the door. Like I don't think it gets easier with the more athletic defensive players we're seeing in the NFL. I don't think the kicking job, as well as poor poorer protection on O lines, um, I think you're only going to see more of this happen. Well, this is the thing, though. But then, surely, uh, when a team's gonna make, when a special teams coach is gonna start thinking, right? We need to, instead of going from you know this sort of protection we've got or this style of kicking that we've got, why why don't we try something different? Like, why don't you? Well, try... like the fake punt, like the fake punt. Yeah, is that what you're saying? What? No, 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 <laughs> not like that. But I mean, like you know, moving like instead having an unbalanced line. For like for the kicking, so that or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Don't get me wrong. I do not know what the answer is, because mm. I, I don't do it. But I, surely the people that do do it must come up with a better system than letting a guy like having such a small window of opportunity to kick a field goal. Do you know what I mean? Surely there's a better way than that. That's what I mean. Um, last point on this game though. Uh, Niners defense looked really good for me. It did, although Green Bay had the best trench play in the game, both offensive and defensive, I thought. Um, the, the defensive line of the 49ers was the second best in this game. Like, it's an expectation, I think. We're going in with Philadelphia and San Fran O-line, D-line dominate. And I think, to me, they're both under-delivered. Yes, they've looked good. But I feel that the reason Brock Purdy couldn't be as efficient as he always was is because their pressure got to him and the coverage was a bit better. And I think that's where I worry for them because Detroit, they're not great on getting sacks, but they're good in getting pressures. Um, they allow a lot of chunk plays, but they'll also probably try and make a play here or there. If it's a shootout, I don't think they'll want to be in that. It's a weird, it's a weird matchup because I think they'll be happy that they're not playing their Philadelphia's lines. The, the um, thing is that neither of these teams are really good in a shootout, like for me. Neither the, neither the, the Lions or San Francisco are shootout sort of teams. They are way more methodical. We'll sort of like pace ourselves down the field. And I think the Lions will take time. shootouts. Though. They've been in a few because their yeah. defense always ha- hasn't held up. I think when the, the Shanahan, when it's trailing by seven points, this was their first win, right? If they're trailing by seven after the first uh, five, uh, third quarter. Trailing by five in the fourth quarter. They're the one quarter. and 30, and this was their first win. So I don't think, like, if you're asking them to win the Super Bowl and then you're going to play the Chiefs uh, or even Detroit, I well, don't know. Because Detroit if, will play well from no, there. But if, they, if they get into the Super Bowl, I have to play either the Chiefs or the Ravens. They're two high-powered offenses that are going to score a lot of points. And that's going that, to, you're not going to, you're going to have to be in a shootout with them. But Chase Young has worked out for them. Like, um, he's added I, so much. They were in a, such a slump before. And then since this came in, you look at the difference in stats. I think, I, think it's such an, I think it's such an average trade. Like, I think the sweat trade to Chicago has worked out better than Chase Young to San Francisco. I, I, I agree with that, but both have worked out. But I want to talk about the, the actual team we should be spending the most time talking about. What, it, what team's that then? The Ravens have got the the goat and Lamar Jackson. I mean, Justin Tucker and Lamar Jackson. There, <laughs> yeah. They, well, obviously they they played against the the Texans. Um, started off sluggishly though. They they couldn't get their groove in the first half. I think it was ten all. Um, in the, going into halftime, and then finished the game thirty four ten. 
24 unanswered points. Not a bad way to, to have a second half. The, the they, weren't, they weren't even firing on all cylinders. It was, a, it was a typical Ravens game we've seen this year where they look like they're stuck in fourth gear, but they're just decimating teams because, like we said before, their offense is great, but it's their defense that really smothers teams. The Texans didn't get an offensive touchdown. It was a special team's punt return. And CJ Stroud, I don't think he even got sacked, but he was hounded almost every single play. He, he was... It was a weird game to watch. Like I've not, you've not seen Stroud in that situation, and uh, all season really. And this was one of those games where it looked like he didn't have an answer, and the uh, Texans didn't have an answer. The the issue is for Stroud though in this game is that it was just, it was just too much like to expect from him. This Ravens defense, I've talked about it throughout the end of the year. They, they've been the best defense throughout the year. And like pressures sacks-wise, they get there. But it's like the back end that's just so strong. The linebackers are really good. Their defensive backs are really good. Their safeties are so good. Like it's just it's just crazy to think how good this team is. And it sort of went unnoticed for me at the start of the year. Like this is the, one of the big things as well. No one said... Like no one talks about this. This is sort of like the conversation we have about, you know, the Chiefs mainly is that like all their focus is on their offense because of Mahomes, because of Kelsey, because of because of how they play, their style. Whereas it's sort of the same for the Ravens, where you know, especially in, the, in since the Lamar Jackson years, it's all been about their offense, how explosive Lamar Jackson is, how their offense scores points, how how all of this. No one really talks about this like their defense, which. For a lot of years, it's been the real strength in Baltimore. For a lot of years before Lamar was there, and really this year, they've been the better side of the ball. And and it's kind of taken for granted because they've historically had a a great defense. But it's these positions that people talk about are devalued positions: the off the ball linebackers, mm. your safety in Kyle Hamilton. These guys are showing that the position it doesn't matter where they're playing; they've got playmakers that every single position and I know that's a cliche saying but it's it's like put the whole event on the on the uh, pro bowl team I don't care yeah. the, the the reports were that uh, Lamar Jackson went in at halftime and told the Ravens staff stop trying to make me hold the ball on really for this long trying to get through deep progressions because they were trying to go deep and he said it's not working we need to go quicker shorter passes, get the ball out quicker and run like I need to run. And that's, you could see the game plan change completely in the second half. They were running with Lamar and they were throwing quick, shorter and quicker passes. It's, uh, uh, apparently he he kind of reached out to the coaches at halftime to it, tell them that. He wants to win, but like, it's not just Lamar there. Like the Cassettes, Justice Hill, both look good as running backs for them this game. Dalvin Cook even came in. Dalvin Cook, who, from nowhere, like came in, brought up from the practice squad and got some carries. I think they said he got 20, 23 yards on, on eight attempts or something like that. He got a couple of carries in there. So it's like they've got a good, they, they always have seem to have this like decent rotation of offense, uh, running backs. Cause like for a lot of the season as well, was it Mitchell, their rookie that they had like playing it's really Mitchell, well for them? Yeah. So like it's, it, it's weirdly good and it's the offensive line as well. Their run scheme always seems to work out really nicely for them. And I, I mean, a lot of that helps with the, you know, you've got to take Lamar as a rusher as a uh, as an example as well. Like you can't discount him as running the ball, so you've got to always cover him as well. 
not like for other teams where you like the the running back's not gonna the quarterback sorry isn't gonna be, suddenly become a running back and run fifty yards downfield. So like obviously that that takes an element of it, but like yeah, the, their run game is just really good. And also like what we talked about yesterday, potentially Mark Andrews is back for the next week game if he's healthy. And how how big a boost that's going to be to this Ravens offense, which is already scarily putting points on the board. Yeah, he was he was in contention to be active, but it's worked out well that they didn't need him, and likely to come on this year as well. Um, he isn't Mark Andrews yet, but uh, this will give them more options in two tight end sets. He's um, he's not a bad he's not a bad compliment though. It's the thing. Yeah. Like obviously, Mark Andrews is on a different level, but he you know there's only so many people that you can put in that top tier. So, like, likely, obviously, isn't that level, but it's such a good, like, compliment to have. As, he could like, be the X to... factor against the Chiefs. Like, he could make the difference at the end of it all. I, I actually think the Chiefs are in, in really bad shape going into this game. Because, I, yep. I, like, I mean, we'll talk about it another time, but, like, you know, across all levels of the, of their their field, like, they're just, they just seem to be outmatched and outgunned. But no, the the Ravens put off a very good performance, um, and they obviously they come. We're going into the championship games, and they must be feeling very confident that they're going to the Super Bowl. And especially like Lamar Jackson's the the hat tip to get MVP for the season. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, well, the playoffs, the voting was done before the playoffs, rightfully so. But it's a quarterback award, and Lamar Jackson's been the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's the main thing. Isn't it? it is a quarterback award at the end of the day, um, which, you know, he has been the best quarterback, which is surprising because, you know, they were shopping him in the, the offseason. Yeah, 31 other teams. People said no. <laughs> uh, looking at you, team. Arthur Blank. Yeah, uh, Arthur Blank literally defended that a week or two ago. I don't know how you can. I literally don't know how you can defend it. Like if if, if Lamar, Lamar Jackson's on offer, you take it. Is my opinion. And people arguing two first isn't worth it because of his contract. Come on, you're getting the MVP. I mean, yeah. If if it was someone else like Joe Burrow who who hasn't been as successful, but is a great quarterback, no one's no one consider it. It's just because Lamar, the whole traditional Lamar's a running back, not a quarterback talk where. I mean, he's showing in the NFL you can be both, you know. And so long as you've got someone that can use you effectively, it's like no matter what what style of play you do, so long as you've got someone that knows how to use it, you're good. Like you can be you can be the best player in the NFL as and Lamar Jackson is. Some of those throws uh, I remember watching in the first half, he was under pressure. Texans were getting pressure on him, but he was so effortless throwing on his back foot, and he's so calm. He's so calm. As a thrower, I, I, I really think he's one of the most underrated throwers in the NFL because of the fact that everyone just considers him a running back. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah you could say so. Uh, and on that bombshell, we're leaving it there for today, that Lamar Jackson is a quarterback. That's the bombshell. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back later on in the week to discuss the championship games uh, and also any coaching moves, anything like that. We're going to dig our teeth into a little bit. Until then, though, thanks for listening. Bye. Peace. Bye.